my friends, to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal. And we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. My name is Kevin the Kraken, and that over there is Robert. Phil, Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what is going on? What's up with you? Oh, just enjoying this high-class beverage that I am drinking over here. Yeah, you have a weird mix of drinks upstairs in your beverage drawer. It's getting scarce up there, so I had to... This has been sitting in the drawer for months. These Maybe, are the true discards. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't... We've, you've heard me talk about the fact that I don't normally have to buy beer. It just shows up, and people leave it after we have a party. And so my beer drawer stays pretty well stocked. As you know, during the pandemic, it got to the point where I had to actually buy some beer. That was a... Dark, dark period. The dark days. Yeah, but then it picked back up, and then it slacked back off again. And all of a sudden, I'm left with the beer that nobody wants, nobody ever drinks. So you're drinking a what? I have a pretty normal beer. This is a Stella Artois. Artois. All right, so that's the last of the normal beers. There were two. But it's in a skinny can. It's skinny can. That's what made it weird. It looks too much like the horrible, horrible white claws, which nobody wants. Claws out. Which is what I'm drinking. Which is what you have. So there was one white claw, lemon lime, white claw. I'm regretting it. My and I feel my IQ just dropping as I There goes the episode right yeah. there. So we'll we'll see what happens. This is gonna haunt me later on, I'm sure, but we'll see. So we talked about last week that I was getting ready to get on a boat. Cool. But I actually haven't gotten on that boat yet. No. Uh, it's it's coming up because the way that we record these things. Yes. I wanted to tell you, we talked a lot about loudness dropping mm-hmm. off the boat. They're well, not, not off falling the boat. off they the boat. Off the boat. Not they never on got it. on. Never got yeah. on it. Yeah. They never got on the boat from Japan over. Uh-huh. But guess who they put in their slot? I got yeah. lucky here. Quietness? No, not quietness. Uh-huh. Not quite right either. <laughs> That'd be good. That would that would actually work really well. No, they added Lynch Mob. Really? So I finally get to see George Lynch. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. The buff man himself. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't He's know, not quite man. buff he, anymore. He might be, but he looks like a ornery, gray-haired. Old man now, buff old man. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're all getting there. When uh, but I guess we all do. If we're we? lucky, we will be crumpy old men some point in the future. I'm practicing right now. Yeah, I was gonna say we're already acting it. So yeah, we, we're not that far. We're just off. practicing. Yeah, so I'm excited. Well, man. Congratulations it, on getting a good band replacement. At least they didn't just exactly. say there's one less band. They right. they had the suites available. They might as well throw some guys in there. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know who they put in place of Saxon though, because Saxon dropped off as well. Unfortunately, those guys are old, probably. That's and that's the reason they dropped off. The, the guitarist said, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Like, I'll play on the albums, but I am not touring anymore. I'm done. And getting on a boat with a bunch of crazies that's not He's exactly on a relaxing. Boat. I'm on a boat. So that's not happening. So that's what I got going on yeah. coming up. What do you have going on? We've got, let's Don't see. forget the tickets. Don't forget the tickets you have for Friday night. 
I have an event Friday or Saturday night. I don't know when these. I think are. I thought it was Saturday night. Okay. Anyway, I've got an event here Saturday night, but I think it's going to be over before that. And so I plan on, uh, and I know you know the people that are putting on the event, so I can kind of sneak out early and head down there. So yeah, that, they will be put to use. Okay. Regardless of where you are, I will be enjoying hours. hours. Don't make me come back and haunt my ass and and get on your ass nah, because you forgot. I can't. No, I'm going to go videotape it like the dork that stands in the front row and videotapes the whole show. That's <laughs> With the light on. With the light on. (laughs) Just blinding everybody, being the complete jackass. I'm I'm not sure which room it's in. It might be in the small room again. The downstairs room? It might be. No way. It said, I think it says on the ticket, but it might say Atlanta room. That room is as big as this room that we're recording in. Which means that should be pretty damn awesome. I think we, I can get the sweat all over you and the oh, spit yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's in, intimate in your face. If you don't know who ours is, go back to, I don't know, episode. Episodes, yeah. The number 22. And it's there. All those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> They're second only to Monty. Exactly. I, I think he, we've talked about Monty more than anybody, and then ours is a close second, other than Kiss also. Those are just mentions. Wait, we who? don't really talk about it. Who? There's a kiss connection with the burp. <laughs> Your white claw connection. <laughs> That's probably the only one we were going to get today, so I'm glad you got that. Okay, see, I'm looking out for you. Yeah, I got you back. That. I got you back. All right, well, after you have a burpy kiss connection, go listen to Pot of Thunder, Cobras and Fire, Growing Up Rock, Slamfest Podcast, Decibel Geek, A to Z Radio, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Hustle, Disciples of the Watch, Podcast Rock City, Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast, State of America, Rock Strikes 10, Potter Than Hell, The Kiss Room, Ages of Rock, Retro's S Podcast, The Synaptic Empire, and Doom! Forget about our friend Monty, Monty's Rockcast. Thank you again, Monty, for giving us a huge shout out in the latest episode of yes. his Rockcast. Very nice guy. Super nice Appreciate guy. Appreciate that. He goes through the whole history of Crunchy, which was a band that we played a mm-hmm. few episodes ago when we were talking about Monty. Bringing it back. Go listen to the April something episode of mm-hmm. Monty's Rockcast. 11th. April 11th. That was, that was it. All right. Come visit us. Anobscuria.com. Like us, share us, recommend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave us a damn review. It's it's time. Our quarterly review is up. We're waiting. We are waiting. Where are you? We, quarterly we review. We get in trouble for management if we don't get that quarterly review on time. Mm, have you seen the, uh, what was it called in Office Space? The TPS? TPS report. TPS report, yes. yes. We need our TPS report, people. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot. But What's happening? We need to talk about your TPS reports. Yeah, the cover sheet, I know. I know. Uh, Bill talked to me about it. Yeah. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. And I understand the policy, and the problem is just that I forgot the one time, and I've already taken care of it, so it's not even really a problem anymore. Ah, yeah. It's just we're putting new cover sheets on all the TPS reports before they go out now, so if you could go ahead and try to remember to do that from now on, that'd be great. Peter Gibbons? Yes. I have the memo. Okay. Hey, and speaking of problems, 
What's this I hear about you having problems with your TPS reports? Yeah. Didn't you get that memo? Uh, Peter, would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something about TPS reports. <sighs> yeah, so, hi, man. Um, but, 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 we need to talk. But, but, no, yeah. but you said I, I could... But, but you said I could have this deeper. <laughs> Swing line paper deep. Have you office. seen that in a long time? No. Oh my god! I love that movie though. It is so old looking now. If is you it? watch it now, like the whole office scene and just their old ass desktop. Well, they talk about faxing and things, faxes, and oh yeah, it's so old. Oh, school. listen, that came out. So the, you know, the office worker dude ends up working in construction. Came out mid nineties. That was your life. Guess who else was this office <laughs> worker dude? Coat and tie in a cubicle. Listen. Listening to bullshit like that every day. Did you really wear a coat and tie? I did for three months. You said that on a more recent episode. Oh, I just yeah. I didn't really hone in on the fact that you were serious. No, I was dead serious. I worked in a high rise downtown Atlanta. My dream job. This is what I wanted all through college. Coat. Go work for a big company. Coat, you had to put a coat on coat as well. And wow. tie. Now you, you could take it off once you're in the office. Was it a short sleeve shirt with the tie? No, oh, no, no. you weren't rocking that. You weren't no, working it out. These were hand me downs from oh. like my dad, my grandfather. I didn't have any nice. suits. I didn't have any money. So I, I played the game for like three months. And so here's the very short story on this. My I was downtown Atlanta, Peachtree Center. My cubicle had a window at least. It overlooked, directly overlooked the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, yes. On top of the Hard Rock Cafe was a globe that said Hard Rock. But the globe would rotate. And it was the ab- within days, like two or three days, I realized that was a metaphor that the world was you've, passing me by. You've mentioned this before. This Every is, day. This is a real thing. All day I would look out the window and the world was passing me <laughs> <laughs> and for three and a half months or something like that. Wait, three and a half years or three and a half months? Months. Oh, okay. No, I, I worked in a small office for two years, so I only had to wear like a polo shirt. Oh, I see. But this was my big time. Hey, I made it to Atlanta, you know, working for a big corporation as a commercial real estate. I was a market analyst for a real estate. Okay, now wow. picture that. Your name with analysts on the yeah, business card. Robert Harrison, commercial real estate market analyst. Wow. I wrote reports about commercial real estate in Atlanta. And this is before the Olympics. So luckily there wasn't much going on. So the, the reports were very easy to write. But anyway, so I, I made it three and a half months and it was like, oh my God, this is the worst decision I've ever made in my life at that point. I've had plenty of other bad decisions since then, but I quit and started work with a construction company, unloading trucks and sweeping houses with a college degree, two minors, all that stuff. And it sounds like a bad country song that I went from wingtips to work boots, <laughs> but I did. And, I, and it was just like the movie. He was happy. Is that, please tell me that's trash. a song. Wingtips to work boots. Is that a song? It's upcoming. Just it's on my next country album. Uh, we might need to uh, take a look, make sure that that's not already taken. I'll get, but to, I like I'll get that. to work. Yeah, wingtips. Porsche to pick up Chuck. If nothing else, it'll be an episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> coming up next. So yeah, I did that and absolutely getting dirty and, and sweeping out houses, and it lasted like two weeks. And the, the supervisor comes in and goes, um, "Yeah, you know how to work a computer?" And this is in 1995. Work one of the, them computers. Yeah, computers. I'm like, yes, I do. And he's like, "What are you doing sweeping houses? Get in here!" And so you know, I it was fun. I, I worked my way through the company and left and competed with them. Do you know anything about mice? Yeah. <laughs> it was fun because all the guys were, you know, older dudes and did not know computers. And I was like a god because I knew how to do a spreadsheet. Oh, you were a geeky analyst yes. guy. Yes. Nice. So yeah, that was my story and that was the equivalent of the office based movie in a nutshell. And same I, time frame. Same time frame. And it was just like oh, they wrote a movie about my life right there. <laughs> you haven't seen except any I, of those proceeds. Except I was not dating Jennifer Aniston oh. in no way, shape or form. 
No, she no. wasn't working at the TGI no, I dating, Fridays. I dated Ginger. Ginger. She was fun. I remember Ginger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Marianne. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, after being back home a couple of weeks ago and experiencing what I told you about, which was an amazing South Carolina starry sky where I actually mm. saw stars in the sky, I thought it would be a good idea when I got home to bring out the old telescope. Now, I bought this telescope like four years ago for my kids. Mm-hmm. We've used it uh, twice. Uh, that's what I was going to guess. You just got it twice. Two times, even during the pandemic when there's nothing to do. Nothing to do. And it's still Hey, you want to look at it? No. No. No, they, and you live far enough away that you get a few more stars than I do here in the uh, urban center of Smyrna. Well, let me tell you what I saw. Your I neighbor's to, house. I wanted to look at the doing? stars. I wanted to get a sign for what we were going to talk about this mm-hmm. week. All I could find was the moon mm-hmm. and a couple airplanes. Yeah, you, you get a lot of airplanes here coming up. <laughs> Hartsfield Jackson. And I couldn't keep up with them because it was really hard to focus that <laughs> stupid thing on the... I saw no stars whatsoever. None? None. I yeah. thought for sure. I I no. Your house is further out in the country than the the firehouse. But as I was doing all that, I remembered that I had done this in the past. I had looked to the stars for an episode Mm -hmm. idea. It was just last year. And I said then the concept was there the whole time. I just wasn't reading it. Mm -hmm. You don't have the right setting on the telescope. You have to turn to the knob or something. I don't know. I don't know how to work all that. I just point it. Point it and look. Point click. It's always blurry. Yeah. Did you have your contacts in? But the concept was there, Robert. Stars. Stars. Bands. We are stars. No. But that's a good one, isn't We're it? We're not going there yet. Yet. <laughs> Let me back up. How about bands with stars or Ooh. better known as supergroups? Okay, this wasn't like Eddie Murphy singing. No, no, no. That's that for wasn't another, really a band. That's for another episode. Okay. No, we did this last year, and I thought, you know what? It's time to do it again since I'm looking at the absence of stars. I love supergroups. Yes, so this is going to be episode 176, Splinters and Stitches, Supergroups and Offshoots Part 2. So supergroups. That's quite the title. Let's just, you let's like just that? think about what you just said and mm-hmm. appreciate yeah. all those alliterations. The and, gears were just turning yeah. when I came up with that one. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's still a stupid It's such a cover. fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just clever. a little turnabout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That's going in the, the Inobscuria Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Let me make a note real quick. I can't okay. wait. Yeah, I can't someday. wait to see what award when I we, get. We open day. that Hall of Fame in the other room next door. Oh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right, super group. So these are groups whose members are already in successful bands or they're already successful as solo artists Mm -hmm. and they get together and they just know it's going to be magic right and usually it doesn't work out that way but we'll we'll tell that story tonight it's interesting how many don't yeah there aren't many that actually make it yeah now super tramp's the exception they're really good what the hell did you just say hmm okay so offshoots are somewhat super groups but they're more like side projects so you don't have to be a major artist or mm. band is just kind of a, an offshoot. You know, this is like, it was, it was this band, three guys left. And now it's this band because they did mm. what we said to do, which was change, change the, name, the name and fire a drummer. And keep going. 
Change the name, fire the drummer. They get the, get rid of the drummer. <laughs> Depending on the decade, get rid of the guitarist because yeah, you're going to have sometimes. to change up the guitar sound a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you got to update that with more diddly yeah. diddly so, or less diddly diddly. It depends. We're going to talk about both of these things. And like we said, a super group is a, a very fragile thing. Uh, you cannot have a band with so many egos. Mm. So that's why these things rarely, rarely work out. Yeah. Some of them start and never even get to recording. There's so many failed super groups before they even can make it out of the yeah. gate. It's, it's a great idea when you're really drunk and it's three o'clock in the morning and hanging out with some friends, but actually getting it done is a whole lot of work. Yeah, Scheduling so, and record companies and contracts. It, exactly. That's the other thing is management comes into play. The, all the legalities of trying to get these people together in a single band sometimes just will not work out. So we're going to talk about seven of these today. And the first one is exactly that. This is the way a lot of these start out. This is a New York City-based super group that started as a cover band. It was something fun for these guys to do. They were all somewhat famous musicians in the scene, and they just wanted to get together and have some fun at some clubs. That's definitely not Kiss. Definitely not Kiss. There is is another connection because they're from New York City. Mm Mm-hmm. New York City. But they weren't famous when they started, and they were not about the fun. That was about getting rich. And they were not a cover band. Right. But this band was, and uh, the first song they ever performed live was Vacation by the Go-Go's. A what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a supergroup from the 80s, and it's a half-British, half-American supergroup led by actor-singer Michael DeBars. You remember him? No. Okay, The, the well, name is like I, vaguely familiar, but... So we played a song on your... No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking El DeBarge. Not El DeBarge, no. That's why I was thinking it was familiar. We played one of his songs from one of his groups called Silverhead on your favorite episode that we have ever done. It was our 70s glam rock episode, uh, no, episode you, 47. Bring that up again? You absolutely loved it. If you guys haven't listened to that, go listen to how much Robert enjoyed that yeah. conversation. <laughs> Uncomfortable. But we played his band Silverhead, mm. and some people know him from a band called Detective, which was a 70s band that sort of didn't make it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It should be on this program yeah. soon. You're getting all kinds of material <laughs> in the middle of the show. But he was also a TV actor, so he was part of the cast of MacGyver in the 80s. MacGyver? Uh huh. And he was also on Lois and Clark in the 90s. Yeah. I never watched no, that one, no, but no. I remember it. Yeah, but I, MacGyver. I that was good He's stuff. He's a MacGyver. Man. Yeah. He's my mullet idol. He was the guy that gave him the duct tape. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't remember what he actually did. Made the nuclear reactor out of an <laughs> egg crate and some bobby pins. Now, the other members were all from various bands. So you had guys from Blondie. It's some guy from the Sex Pistols. And you had, the, I believe, the drummer from Tin Machine. Oh, that's uh, David Bowie's? Which was David Bowie's group. Okay. Yeah, also with uh, Iggy Pop. Oh. So very cool little band. And they were called Checkered Past. You ever remember... Hearing that one? No. No. They only had one album came out, self-titled album came out in 1984. And I think it's really cool. It's kind of, uh, it's very 84 sounding, but it's mm. it's kind of them doing more current rock. But you've got these guys who have these sort of punk backgrounds. So it's got a little more edge to it. I don't know. It's cool. And they opened, they ended up open for tons of acts in the 80s in their short period of time that they were together. They opened for Rat. This is a mix. Rat, Little Steven, NXS, and Duran Duran is who they were touring with. Notable names, at least. Well, 
you can just imagine they knew somebody in all of those bands because sure. these, these are all musicians, sure. right? So yeah. they, <laughs> that's who they played with. Now, the reason this band did not move forward is that Michael DeBaris left to join another supergroup. He replaced Robert Palmer in Power Station in 1985 when Robert Palmer left. I bet you didn't even know Robert Palmer was never... I didn't know he, he left. That he left. Yeah. yeah. So Power Station was... just this. stopped happening. So what happens is they go on tour with Duran Duran, Checker Pass does, mm-hmm. and uh, Andy Taylor was like, hmm, well, I, like, I like the way you sing, Michael. Uh, Robert's leaving. Why don't you come sing for Power Station? And so that's what happened. So Checker Pass was over. Yeah. He went from one supergroup to another, and they both had early demises. But, yeah, I, didn't, I don't remember anything about the second formation of Power Station. Well, some liked it hot. What the hell did you just say? Some liked it hot. Some liked it hot. <laughs> Here's a little song from Checker Pass. This is called A World Gone Mad.
while I was listening to that, I was thinking about how if you isolated all of the tracks, the guitar, bass, drums, vocals, and listened to them individually before you ever heard the song, I think the vast majority of people would say it's from the 80s. Even if you're just listening to the drum beat, just the bass line, mm-hmm. <laughs> just the guitar. Yeah. And so when you put it all together, it just exudes 80s. And it would make a really great candidate for a montage song. Mm. We will survive. Just yeah, pump totally. this in the air. So it's just... Somewhere I mean, on the soundtrack. Yes, it, it would have been really great to have that picked up by some movie back then. But yeah, I, I've never heard that before and not sure if that would have been into that in the 80s. There was just so many other things that sounded just like that, but it was good. Hard to believe that Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols on guitar. Yeah, he aged well, matured. I mean, went from just... Well, and if... And if, it, you talked about it before. A lot of those punk rock guys kind of dumbed it down for punk rock. Yeah, and we talked about him especially, yeah. like, because he's the one that played on Andy Taylor's solo album, too. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very 80s. We played that when we did our episode yeah. with Steve Colwell. He knew all the tricks and gimmicks to get yeah. that sound. Yeah. But so he, he put on the punk thing yeah. for the purposes of doing the sex. That's how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what do you want to sound like today? Okay. And he could sound like it. Now, the drummer was Clem Burke, who was the drummer from Blondie, mm-hmm. which makes sense. He's a pop drummer. I yeah. never thought Blondie was a punk band anyway. They were no, a pop band at no, best. No, no. They get me. lumped into that, but they're as poppy as you can be for punk. Which means I was wrong earlier when I said, the drummer from Tim Machine. It was the bass player. They're brothers. I get them confused. Uh, so there's sorry. Hunt Sales and Tony Sales. So Tony Sales, bass player, was in this band. The understandable. So, you, you didn't lose any points for that. Sorry. Duh. <laughs> Come. Do you like it? I mean, it's I mean, cool, I, right? I liked it. It's not something that I would go out and seek out. It's no? All that stuff. But it's not just that song. That whole genre of 80s pop rock, things like that. That's just... That's exactly what it is. It's like... But this one has like a little hint. I don't know if you get it from that song, but if you listen to the whole album, it has a little hint of goth. Just like a little bit of darkness to it. Okay. I mean, if you had said that beforehand, I might have been able to Would it swayed that. you a little more? It might have. And, you know, it has to be in the mood. Once again, a couple of weeks ago, I made a road trip, found myself listening to hair metal, which I don't ever seek out hair metal if it's there I'm like yeah except when I make you listen to it force feed (laughs) make whatever same thing force feed make me listen to it no I I just was in the mood that weekend and it was it was it was fun it was a fun road trip and that kind of music goes well with that it's not a thinking man's music (laughs) it's just fun music all right so Michael DeBars left that band went to another super group so here's another story similar to that this is what I would consider an hello White claw cans are just slightly taller than a beer can, so I, I hit the mic stand with it. Man. My, my trajectory was, you know, a little off that time. Sorry. It's, it's starting already. Claws are out. So this band, I would consider an offshoot. They formed after the demise of a supergroup. We've talked about Black Country Communion. So that was a supergroup, and supposedly they were back together, but it was a band based out of L.A. It contained Glenn Hughes on bass and vocals, who was in Purple and tons of other bands. You had Joe Bonamassa on guitar, Jason Bonham on drums, who everybody knows from the band Bonham, of course. Oh, yes. That's where we know him from. And keyboardist Derek Sherinian, who was in Dream Theater and a whole bunch of other groups as well. But anyway. It's pronounced Shredian. 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 Yes, he does Shreddy. But anyway, they were formed in 2009. They put out three albums, and then apparently there was some 
tension between Jobo and Glenn. They didn't see eye to eye on the last album and were arguing on who wrote the songs or something. And then Bonamassa in 2013 announced on social media, he's happily not involved anymore. No more black country communion <laughs> after you say something like that. What do you think of Joe Bonamassa? <laughs> I like him. I like him when he does rock music. Yeah. I'm not as big of a fan of when he just does strict blues. Yeah, same here. I Dude can tear up a guitar. He's talented, and this is in no way to take away credit from his talent, but it just seems more marketing sometimes. It's Because I know he was a really young guitar player. Yeah, his first few he albums. He got a lot of fame from teenager, that. Teenager. And yep. it, there was a, uh, he had a good marketing campaign a few years ago on social media, where half the crap popping up on social media was ads. It was always Joe Bonamassa. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And so ago. it just kind of, it didn't necessarily turn me off. It just kind of set me back a little bit like, oh, it's just his fame and notoriety is just because of marketing. He does have talent. But once I got that in my mind, it's hard for me to just accept the fact that he's a really talented player. But I w- I'm with you. The, the straight blue stuff is, <sighs> yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, he's he's a shredder. So yeah. when you, when he starts to do that in blues songs, it, I don't know, it feels weird to me. Yeah. And when he doesn't shred and he just does straight blues, yeah, it's boring. Yeah. So I like it when he does the band Black Country Communion or when he right. does some other stuff and then he's in his element, I think. So mm-hmm. I think he's better in another band with other I agree. Famous he doesn't people. he doesn't have the the grittiness, the the personality to be a solo artist for me yeah. personally. But I, I with other with musicians, yeah. I think he blends in well. And we've talked about it before. We're gonna dive into Black Country at some point because mm-hmm. not only did Glenn Hughes sing, but Joe also sang and they, they did a lot of trade off and mm-hmm. they had certain songs where one would sing and the other Black one was singing and it, it's cool look forward to. it was, it yeah, was cool to mix to it up and they had a great classic rock sound that you know is kind of retro but kind of current at the same time it's just very cool but after he made that announcement and basically it just fell apart mm-hmm. and so three albums they were done and then glenn hughes made an announcement that well the rest of us are going to continue doing something but we'll mm-hmm. call it something else and then the next thing you know is derek Sherinian joins joe bonamassa's band oops <laughs> so, glenn you spoke a little too <laughs> So then it's just Glenn Hughes and Jason Bonham. Yeah. And along comes a young guitarist named Andrew Watt. Have you heard of Andrew Watt? No, I've not. I have not. Not heard of the Watt. They put together a power trio with this guy, Andrew Watt. Andrew Watt was coming at that point in time from Justin Bieber's group. He was the touring guitarist for Justin Bieber. He's a young dude, yeah. and but he's he wants to play heavier rock. Mm-hmm. And so he does that, and they put together this group, and they're called California Breed. They did one album. It's pretty damn killer. Power trio, you know, just guitars and drums, and mm-hmm. Glenn Hughes, Waylon, and... Andrew Watt would go from there to become a major, major producer for pop and rock records. That quick. Yeah. He's produced albums for Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus. He did the last two Ozzy Osbourne albums. He's the guy that replaced Zach on the albums. Oh, is he so the so he, when 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 Ozzy put out his last two albums, yeah. Zach Wild was a guest on the on the very last one, right, right. But before but the, that, though, before um, that, he did an album with this guy. What was the Watt. Super Bowl? No, was the Super Bowl halftime where they did half the younger guitar? Was that yeah, him? That was him. And then Zach came out for the. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was him. Okay, if it wasn't him, he did it on the actual the kind of the, album. The weird sounding guitars in the album. They don't sound as right guitar different. Yeah, because this guy's become a major pop producer. Okay. But he has done albums. He's done Pearl Jam. He's done Iggy Pop. Yeah. He won a Grammy Award for Producer of the Year in 2021. Huh. But here he is on this. He's, he may not be no, he's no Butch Walker. He's no Butch Walker. You know, he, 
he's he's the best. Who, by the way, <laughs> has just put together a new version, or I should say, a reunited version of the Marvelous Three. Yes, and we didn't get tickets. And it sold out. They sold out. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. God damn. <laughs> but anyway, but, back to yeah. California Breed. So yeah, he was on this somewhat obscure, I'd say obscure album from California Breed, mm-hmm. One and Done, 2014. Oh, I want to hear this. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. But you know, after this, it was kind of a little lull. But then Black Country did get back together, and then they split up again. Yeah. Now they're back together again. So. With Joe? With Joe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such <an> idiots. <laughs> So we'll see. Maybe this, if we get a new Black Country mm. Communion album this year, we will do an episode on them. I'm torn about being in a band before social media. This is one of the things where I'm glad that I was in a band before social media. Oh, I can only imagine how that would have gone down. Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> some of the separations yeah, that we had. Some of the marketing <laughs> is easy when you can just post, hey, we got a show and you know people see it. We used to have to go put up flyers and actually you know call your friends. Hey, right. we got a show. But yeah, all that other bullshit yeah. that went around with being in a band and not having to air our dirty laundry on social media. Not that I do that now. You never see me posting anything like that. I, I save that for in person. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more fun. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we got that out of the way before there was social media. That's one level of stupidity I did not have to experience. Well, here's a song from California Breed that's named after another famous band. I don't think that's why they did it, but it's cool. This song is called Midnight Oil.
if Andrew did not produce that, I guarantee he slipped the producer a 20 and said, hey, make sure to keep those guitars really hot in the mix. <laughs> they were nasty sounding nasty too. Sound. Whatever that was on the left side, man. Yeah. Whatever he was running that through, it was just gross. I loved it. Uh, it was <laughs> nasty, gross, dripping with, yeah. And it was beautiful. And I wish Ozzy's new stuff sounded more like that versus the I, I do weird too. tone. That, I do too. I, I have not gotten into any of Ozzy's new stuff except for the one with Tony Iommi yeah. and Zach. Yeah. That's it. Because there's the sounds that we're familiar with. The rest of that stuff, they're trying to appeal to 20-somethings. And I don't get it. Well, especially the first. I'm not a 20-something, obviously. Especially the last album. The first album that he produced for Ozzy. Yeah. Not the latest one with, with all Tony the compilation. And all, no, all no, the no that, I, that one, like I said, I'm not that other one, I never could no. get into that one. Nope. And it was it was just that. It was just weird. Yeah. It didn't work. It was too forced. It was too obvious that somebody wrote these songs and propped Ozzy up. Said, okay, well, here they, we go. They, they brought in Post Malone, who I think Andrew White had also worked with. Uh-huh. They brought in Elton John. Yeah. Like certain things just don't go together. No. This is not peanut butter and chocolate. No, you keep that over there. Is the, <laughs> the McDLT of music? Keep the hot side hot, <laughs> cold side cold. Little let's, s- let's explain this because that was a, I used to. Do we have love to explain those. it? Oh my god, we are we that old? It. I think we're that old. The McDLT. The McDLT. I love the McDLT. Hey, you say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in this town that don't quite make it? Yeah. You say that just once you'd like your hamburger hot and your lettuce and tomato cool and crisp all at the same time? Yeah! Well, I say, you got it. I'm talking McDonald's through lettuce and tomato hamburger, the McDLT. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. And the hot stays hot. The new McDLT. Hot, hot. Crisp lettuce and tomato on the cool, cool side. And the cool stays cool. The new McDLT. Cool, crisp. The beef stays hot. The cool stays crisp. Put it together, you can't leave this. The hottest taste, the coolest dish. Keep it hot, hot. Keep it cool, cool. Make the LT, make the LT. Hot, eat me the Cool, crisp LT. Make the LT. It's a good time. Hot, eat me the For the great taste. Cool, crisp LT. Of McDonald's. Could be the best tasting lettuce and tomato hamburger ever. Make the LT. Yeah, it came in a uh, horribly very non-biodegradable, non-environmentally <laughs> friendly at all clamshell styrofoam. Styrofoam, and it had it had one side where they yeah. put the cold parts of the sandwich, and the other side where they had the hard hot parts. hot parts of the sandwich. So your lettuce and then you didn't would get all put wilted. them together when you were ready to right. eat it. You would fold it and then make complete the burger when you mm. were damn well ready for that burger yes. and the lettuce was cold the tomato was cold cheese was whichever side you wanted it on yeah. and it was just glorious it was a good thing it was a good thing yeah it was a smart thing was, and, they killed a lot of the environment though yeah that's fortunately okay. it, it, it killed a lot of me by eating burgers <laughs> as much as i did <laughs> shorten my life shorten everybody else's life it was good good stuff I yes that so only one album for those guys but it is a hell of an album that so was good you should go listen to it yeah see now that i'll seek out so let's get into another one here. This is another super group. This is a 90s super group. We did an 80s super group. Mm-hmm. We did a 2010-ish super group mm-hmm. offshoot. Now, this is a true 90s super group. This is a song and a group that I could have played on one of our big screen episodes because this mm-hmm. comes from a motion picture soundtrack. The band was put together to be the band in this movie. Okay. Okay. But it is a 90s super group. So are you familiar with the movie Backbeat. 
I have not seen it. I know the movie, but I have not seen that movie. It's on my list. I keep forgetting that's on my so list. It's a good one. I, I watch like two movies a year, so it's going to take a while to get through that yeah, list. Well, in a few years, check this out. It's aged fairly well. The story is basically centers around the early days of the Beatles. So it's when they were a five-piece, when they had Pete Best on drums, mm-hmm. And they had John Lennon's best friend, Stuart Sutcliffe, on bass. And he wasn't really a bass player, but he just happened to be John Lennon's best friend. friend. And he was like, come on, we're going to Germany. So this is when the Beatles did their whole Germany residency. And they played like three or four times a night and were wearing black leather before they got the the suits and got all poppy and polished. Yeah, Um, for the mass appeal. So it worked really well when it came out in 1994 because it was sort of what was going on with rock music at the time, you know, where everything was kind of... Messy and dirty and mm. trying to be somewhat gritty, I Alternative. Guess. And, Alternative, yeah. whatever it was. The album itself was produced by Don Was, who... He was what? Mm-hmm, from the Was Not Was, a band I never got into. Couldn't dig them. I don't know if you ever listened to them, but... I know the name, but I'd have to they look through it. their discography. Mm. I'm sorry. Anyway, it contains basically bluesy early rock and roll covers that was exactly what the Beatles were doing in the early 60s when they were in Germany. They were basically playing their versions of, you know, Chuck Berry and all that kind of stuff. They recorded it to sound rawer so they only did like one takes when they did the soundtrack which i think is really cool so they got these guys together who were not in a band but they're all people you're gonna know who they are okay but they he basically don Juan says just do a take learn the song do a take and we're gonna go with it because that's how that's, the beatles would have sounded yeah at that point in time when they were young and just just having cranked fun. it out it sounds amazing so that's, let me tell you that's who's a lot in. of pressure yeah, let me tell you who's in this band. So you had Dave Perner from Soul Asylum on vocals. You also had Greg Dooley from the Afghan Wigs on vocals. Mm-hmm. Now, they basically are representing the Lennon-McCartney oh. thing, but they're doing it in a much rougher way, which is how they would have sounded, mm-hmm. or how, in the movie at least, they see them as sounding at that point in time. Guitar is Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, and having Thurston Moore play something that's structured and in standard tuning must yes. have been crazy. 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> <laughs> you have Don Fleming also on guitar who was in a band called Gumball so they're probably the only obscure band represented here never heard of that bass was done by Mike Mills R.E.M. Hmm. and then the drums were some guy named Dave Grohl who? I I don't know apparently he's famous for some band called Nirvana I don't know he's got yeah I don't know we'll have to do an episode on that maybe we should do uh, yeah who's Nirvana should have been huge should have been huge So that's the breakdown of the band. Like I said, they got in a room, they cranked these things out. Don was, did not polish it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds amazing. It's one of the coolest soundtracks I've ever heard. And it's just 90s stylings, but playing this classic rock, rock and roll. And when you say classic rock, like real We're talking classic. The original rock and roll from the 50s that was blues based and Mm -hmm. was rhythm and blues. Right. So here is a song that you will know, but played by these guys. Oh, I call the track. 
situation, rare situations, I think, when a Beatles song or a version of a Beatles song gets really close to being on the same plane as a Motorhead song. That just hard driving. This picture. The reason Motorhead exists yeah. is that's what Lemmy wanted to do was a dirty Beatles. Yep. And, and you know, a lot of rock bands can be traced back to the Beatles. It's not yeah. that hard, but still, that version just amplifies it a little bit where you can see how close it is. It's just hard driving, raspy, you know, dirty, and all that put together. That one step more, and you're right there with a Motorhead song. That, I love that. That I just don't get into the Beatles because it's too, I don't know. It, for me, that's still old people music. It, when I, <laughs> Because I was just trained to think, oh, that's, 10 years prior. That's what my, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in 85, which is, yeah. it's still, it baffles me to think that, yeah, 15 years earlier, there were Beatle hits on the radio. <laughs> I know. But it uh, crazy. It just, I was trained to think that was what older people listened to. And so I just never gave it a chance. But a lot of our contemporaries still love them. I just, same thing with Rolling Stones. I just really Ooh. never, I know, I know. I know. People hate me for that. They hate me for the lots who? of things. But the what? what about the who? I've never heard of those. No. No, 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 no. I don't even know them. But yeah, that was all what people much older than me listened to. So I got into the current stuff, which is now old people music. Right. <laughs> it's all cyclical. Oh, it's all a But cycle. if I maybe, I mean, Helter Skelter, I love that Beatles song because it's yeah. heavy. Whereas a lot I of I love the other, fact that the Beatles covered Motley Crue. What the hell did you just say? Exactly. But it worked out for them. Beatles made a little bit of money off of that. Yeah. I mean, Molly Crew made a little bit of money. Off of, excuse me. What am yeah. I talking about? Well, they're going to give it to Mick Mars now. But like the Love, Love Me Do, and it's just so yeah syrupy. I just don't get into that. Well, what's cool, you should go watch this movie because it, it does, I don't know how factual the story mm. is, but it's a good story. And it it's basically them just grinding it out. It's just gritty and dirty. I also wanted to bring up, this was in that same time period as Pulp Fiction, wasn't it? Totally. So that had that classic sensibility, the swing, yeah. the scene in the the soda fountain place where they were doing the but, swing dance. But it also made it a little bit dirty. A little bit dirtier, yeah. yeah. And that's why yeah. it worked well. And that was yeah. all of that was really so big 90s. at that time. Yeah. Such a nineties thing to do. That you had all this heavy, heavy grunge juxtaposed with all this right. little bit lighter classic stuff. It was yep. a fun time. Speaking of the nineties, you got called out. Oh, screw this past you. Week. Screw you for call. Oh, was it you? It wasn't me. Oh, okay. Steve Coldwell called you out. What? And I oh, went we're back. Fighting. And, we're going to fight. I went back and listened, and you did do it twice on the last episode. Well, if I'm going to screw up, I'm going to screw up big time. What did I screw up? First of all, I deny that I screwed Say up. Say Allison Chains. Allison Chains. I dated her. That was a different Allison. What? Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Not Allison in Chains. I'm pretty sure I know that's what I was saying. You Allison said twice Allison in Chains. Allison. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying I just sounded no, like no. I said Allison in Chains. Yeah, multiple times. Really? Yeah, Allison in Chains. Okay, I'm going to dispute it until I go back and listen to it because I can't defend myself. He called you out. He said, "Wow, he said it twice." <laughs> Shit. See, once I could probably explain my way out of it, but yeah, twice I've dug a hole. Alice. Okay. Well, once again, I'm going to reserve judgment on myself until I go back and I get to listen to the tape. But but isn't it a play on Allison, really? Isn't that the reason they're called Alice in Chains? Is Alice in Chains? I remember playing on Allison and it was fun. (laughs) Okay. This is a different Allison altogether. Moving on. Moving on. All right. She was the one that did the acro yoga. What? It's like you Echo? Know, acro. Oh, know. I thought you said echo yoga. I'm like I don't even want to know what that That's is. That's a whole different one. No, acro yoga. You know where they do like yoga. Like you see it a <laughs> circus where they're balancing on each other and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, she is flexible. Uh, I like throat yoga better. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> she was good at that. 
All right. So moving on, this is an American hard rock supergroup that came out in the early 2000s, 2002 to be exact. And originally Slash was going to be part of this group, but then he opted to form a different supergroup that did much better. <laughs> they were called Velvet Revolver. <laughs> He's a smart guy. Yeah. So he went with Velvet Revolver instead of joining this group, which was founded by Nikki Six. After he left Motley Crue. It's called Shag Shotgun. Well, it's funny you say that. Originally, they were going to call the band Cockstar. Oh, God. But then they realized that probably wouldn't sell no. as, as well as they wanted it to. So they changed the name to Motor Dog. And then they said, no, that's no, not going to work too close either. to that other band. They ended up with Brides of Destruction was the name of this band. Okay. So it's Nikki Six. Since he couldn't get Slash, he went to the original Guns N' Roses guitarist, Mr. Tracy Guns. That's right. So it's Tracy Guns, Nikki Six, Chris Coles, who was with the band Adema. I don't know if you know them, but nah. kind of a newish metal kind of thing. And then to sing for this super group, they got the best hairstylist in LA. Seriously, this guy was a hairstylist prior to joining this group. This guy named London Legrand. Oh, wow. That's a name. Yeah, London Legrand. I, I have a feeling. It's mm -hmm. just a I just hunch. That's not his real name. What? But it's just a hunch. It, no, there's a famous family in L.A., LeGrand family. I mean, we know that, yeah. that Tracy's mom named him Tracy Guns. Right. We know that Nikki's mom named him Nikki Six. So yeah. But his, his dad was I'm Bristol LeGrand and yeah. Worcestershire LeGrand. So London LeGrand. Yeah, he was a hairstylist before he joined Brides <laughs> of Destruction. Bizarre. So What year was this? This was 2002. Okay, so, I was going to say, if this was 87, it wouldn't be that bizarre because you make no, he would have made a lot of money in so, L.A. So Velvet Revolver did pretty well, if you remember. We oh, saw them. I loved it. They, it was great. They did pretty damn good. I, mean, I never got to see Stone Temple Pilots, but I got to see Scott in that. Yeah, with Guns N' Roses, essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah. So that was cool. Now, they also, in this band, they also had John Karabi, who had worked with Nicky before mm -hmm. when they did the Motley 94 thing. He was the second guitarist. Because I don't know if you know, John doesn't just sing, he plays guitar. He's a damn good guitarist. Mm -hmm. But he left after they finished the album, so it was really just the four of them. And then as the album was being finished, Chris Coles left as well. So you can already see what's going on with this group before they even released their first album. Because Scott Coogan had to come in, who was Ace Fraley's drummer. He had to come in and be the drummer after Chris left, before the album even comes out. So it was a revolving door, not revolver. Oh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, revolving door band. So they put an album out in 2004, and then Nikki decides to go join... Motley Crue again in 2005, but he manages to have this band put out another album without him, which is bizarre, but I'm assuming... Well, he doesn't play in Motley Crue either, so... Well, this is he, true. He so just I, tracked everything maybe and he walked out of the room. Maybe, yeah, maybe he couldn't find the right tracks for the second album. I don't know. God, what a bunch of... But made for TV drama, all that, and I think it is basically dozens, made up. Dozens of member changes in this super group, and they put out one more album, and they split for good in 2006. So two and done, but really just one if you think about the super one, group that was supposed to one be one actual and done, but right. then a smattering of other tracks. It's um, I'm going to say it's interesting. That's what I'm going to say. This is an interesting group. I really like Tracy Guns. I'm a pretty big LA Guns fan. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's a great guitarist. Uh, Nikki is. He's an entertainer. Yeah. I, never, you know, I give him that. He's an entertainer. And then this... He knows how to play eighth notes really well. This, th <laughs> this thing they put together is interesting. Okay. So here's a song called Brace Yourself. I will. You want love, you fake love, you take it for granted, it slips through your fingers.
brace yourself. So that was not nearly as bad as I was ex- expecting. That was actually pretty good. The harmony chorus is actually pretty damn cool. Yeah, I agree. The um, drum beat. If our friend Kent Oberly were here, he yes. would say, wow, that was four minutes of the after school beat. <laughs> so the after school beat, for those who Educ- don't know. Educate us here. Yes, Kent worked in a drum shop for a long time. Excellent drummer. Yes. And he said every day after school, these kids would come in. They don't buy anything, but they just want to hit the drums. And that was the beat that they always played, especially back in that time in 2002. (laughs) And he said that he would hear that for hours after school. Oh, wow. The after school beat. That's the equivalent of Stairway to Heaven for the guitar side of the music store. Can you imagine working in a drum shop? And you can't get away from that. I mean, there is no escaping that. If I had a drum shop, I wouldn't even hand out sticks. Like, you would have to... It'd be a separate building. You have to go to that building over there to get sticks. You would have to leave, a like, a down payment a, or a something. A deposit. Deposit before you can even get a stick. And, and you get one. Yeah, exactly. You get one <laughs> you stick. You can try out the drums. You know perfectly well how they sound by hitting it with one drumstick. <laughs> ding, 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 well, ding. Well, now when you go in drum shops... I have not the been in a drum shop. So. so I, when I did our last little road trip with the mm-hmm. swear, Kent likes to go in because he, you know, still reps the cymbal yeah, company. Yeah, so he likes to go in. He's and a talk professional. To the, yeah, he likes to go in and talk to the owners and just make sure everything's cool. Yeah. But every time we went into one of these, same thing. It was after school. The kids were in there banging away, but now they only let them play on the electric kits with headphones. With headphones. Yeah, but you still hear. <laughs> You still hear it. Yeah. The, the same faint beat. echoes of the after-school beat. That's hilarious. Sounds like they're hitting ping-pong paddles. Yeah. Yeah. It's still better than I could do, but... God, that's got, yeah, that's got to be debilitating after a while. Can you hazardous work environment? And then the guitar tones, to me, is what... That's why I say it's interesting. I'm like, mm, it sounds very 2004. Yeah. It's yeah, guitar yeah, yeah. tones. You don't get a ripping lead from Tracy Guns. And if John Karabi's on that as well, it's... I don't know. It's all right. It's yeah. cool. Yes, it's, it's, exactly. You would set it up to the point where I was getting yeah. ready to just rip all over it, but I'm like, no, that's all right. I actually like the vocalist. Mm-hmm. I think the hairdresser did a good job. You did. And it's the harmonies that they may have done the chorus a few too many times, yeah. but the harmonies are pretty damn cool. They needed a third verse, and that way they could have cut down the choruses. Yeah. All right. The next one is a cassette tape that I used to look at often in my little record shop, Square Records. Mm-hmm. Way back in the early 90s, I would go into the store and I would sift through all the cassette tapes. And I would always come across this one in the T's, and it was listed under Robin Trower. Yeah. Do you know Robin yes, Trower? I do. Not personally. I mean, no, he's, he's not come over. He's not, no, no, he's not one of the few out. people I have not met in person. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I, I never knew much about Robin Trower, but the guy that owned Square Records was a huge Trower mm-hmm. fan. And he used to tell me, like, this guy, he was like Hendrix. Yeah. On his solo stuff. He sounds like Hendrix. And I never bought an album back then, but I used to listen to him tell me. And so I would go and I'd check out, you know, the different tapes. Mm-hmm. But this one always caught my eye because it literally, the cover is literally a sandwich. It's a white cover with a photo of a BLT sandwich. Mm-hmm. The name of the album is BLT. Ooh, and the sandwich right is, I, I couldn't decide if it was appetizing or off-putting because it's kind of like an old photo of it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if it's just because that tape had been Sitting, literally sitting in that it, slot. With the sun beating down on for it. For years. Yeah. Sun faded. An album that came out in 81, I have a feeling that cassette tape was in that slot since 81. They had three in stock. <laughs> that was I don't know the that they ever the had three. more than the one. That one. <laughs> I never was bought that it. snorting whiskey and drinking cocaine? Is Robin, that... Robin Trower? Is that Robin Trower? Or is that... Um, oh, wow. I'm getting 
getting that mixed up. Maybe it's boom, boom, out go the lights. That's not Robin Trower. That's not, who is that? Oh, come on. I can't stump you. You're not supposed to get stumped. I'm the one that's an idiot. I'm seeing his name. Pat Travers. Pat Travers. Not Robin Trower. Yeah, you're thinking Pat Travers. I'm thinking Pat Travers. Okay. So Robin Trower, both great guitarists. But, but similar vein, they, they were kind of underrated, not huge names, but very right. talented. Right. So anyway, Robin Trower has this, what I thought was just a, another solo album. It was listed under the Robin Trower section mm-hmm. in this little bin of cassettes, and it was called BLT. And I, you know, just, I thought it was kind of humorous. Maybe I was always hungry. I don't know. But it's actually a super group, and I didn't realize that yeah. it, BLT like are, the, initi- are the initials? Are the initials? <laughs> but it's listed. It still says Robin Trower BLT. But then the BLT are the T is obviously Robin Trower. The B is Jack Bruce from Cream. Oh, and then the L is Bill Lorden, who was the drummer in Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, so this nice. is a more of a classic rock. Yeah. 70s classic rock guys putting out a supergroup album in 1981. And so what you're going to hear is sort of Robin Trower's solo type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I think Lorden played on some of that as well. But it's it's got this like cream 60s vibe to it. But it sounds production of 81. So it's an interesting mix of an album. Mm-hmm. It actually reached number 37 on Billboard in 1981, which I was surprised. Not bad. But only album with this lineup, they did another album with, or he did another album with Jack Bruce, but didn't have the same lineup. Mm -hmm. So it was just this one and done kind of power trio BLT. This is going to be great. So I'm going to let you hear a song called Life on Earth.
was not ready for how weird that would be hearing Jack's voice not in a cream song. That sounds like it could have been a cream yeah, song. Yeah, it was it was not that far off, but yeah. I've heard that voice for so long. My earliest memories of classic rock radio yeah. were oh, yeah. Cream and all those other White Room real classic rock songs. <laughs> I mean, his singing on Crossroads was amazing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Except it was Clapton. That was Clapton. I was going to see if you called me out on that. I'm just testing you. Just testing you. No, he spoke at the very end. That was Eric Clapton in the vocals. <laughs> it was great. That, that last part when he'd called out Eric Clapton, that was really nice. Um, but yeah, I didn't hear a lot of 80s stuff, except for the very beginning. The very beginning of the song before the vocals came in. But once he started singing, yep. it could have been 1971. I have a feeling this was a song that he had. I mean, the- Oh, the, I didn't think about that. He never the actually- The lyrical content is so yeah. 60s. But this came out in 1981, Children of the Rainbow. Yeah. I mean, that's so but 60s. Robin's classic rock sounding leads on yeah. it. It didn't, it wasn't yet in the era of the 80s where they started really noodling and doing the stunt playing and stuff like that. So it was, it was really cool to hear that. It, yeah. It's a little, a little timeless, but at the same time, it's very retro classic rock mm-hmm. sounding. But man, it's, it's familiar. If you want an album, I said I'd never picked it up. I obviously picked it up much later. I got yeah. it in like last five years. But if you want an album to put headphones onto and just hear the way this thing is produced, mm-hmm. the separation of every instrument. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's only three. Right. So you, you get a lot of space. But oh my God, you can hear every little nuance, every little fret movement. It's just an awesome headphones album. So when you on. hear us complain about stuff being overproduced and too many, oh, this, is this and perfect. that, this is why. Because you and I grew up on this stuff here, the early days, before we really formed what we really like, our passions. We were listening to all this. Exactly. Assholes. Yeah. I don't know why I threw that in. (laughs) It was deserved. Somebody out there. Did you know that Robin Trower came from Procol Harum, by the way? Whiter Shade of Pale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was his band. Oh, okay. I'm sure I've heard that before, but that... You remember was, the ripping lead on Wider Shade of Pell? Yes. You, no? <laughs> I remember the Hammond. The Hammond was very... I think it was a church uh, organ. <laughs> it was, yeah. Pump organ, pipe yeah, organ. I, yeah, that was his band. What a, I love that song. That's, I still do. That's, God, that's like the first real... A diamond song. We've talked about that song. Yeah. A diamond song. Mm-hmm. Like not the gold. The song itself. Not platinum. Has sold diamonds. Unobtainium. Things. It reached unobtainium level. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, great song. All right, so there was a bunch of 60s guys trying to do an 80s album. Here are a bunch of 80s rockers trying to do a 60s, 70s type of album Mm -hmm. with this next one. So how about a supergroup that specifically plays covers related to Mott the Hoople? All the young dudes. That's actually which was written by Bowie. I know he wrote it for them. I know, and they he wrote Suffragette City, and they didn't want it. So yeah, gave him the other one. Yeah, but can you imagine after after the fact them going, (laughs) son of a bitch, (laughs) wham bam, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, so this group does nothing, or they started off, I should say that. They started off doing nothing but playing Mott the Hoople and Ian Hunter, who's the front man of mm-hmm. Mott the Hoople. Like his side projects, his offshoots, they played nothing but stuff that Ian Hunter touched, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. It features members of Def Leppard, the Choir Boys. Here again, we're talking about the Choir Boys again, and a band called Raw Glory. So this was really the brainchild of Joey Elliott from Def Leppard. He's okay. a huge glam rock fan. That's where he gets all of his inspiration. That's where Def Leppard kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. So he put together this band called and Down and Out. But that's funny because my image of Def Leppard is they just kind of wore jeans and they weren't nearly 
nearly as glamorous. Now they were earlier <laughs> in that run up, and yeah, you know, well, they were a new wave 80s. of British heavy metal, yeah. sort of, but they don't really. They own don't that. show it. They no. don't own that. No. They don't want to say that, but that's what they were. Yeah. But yeah, they were t-shirt and jean guys who yeah. were playing glam rock mm-hmm. with all the guys that were wearing mirrors and weird hats. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boas. Leotards. Exactly. Never that's saw a good it. that's a good band name. Boas and Leotards. Boas and Leotards. Yeah. yeah. We'll do it next. That's Come on out next list. year. Yeah. Look for it. It'll be on Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. They did two albums as this kind of Mott the Hoople sort of only thing they, call, they did. Did they call it not the hoople? They should have, because that would have been better. <laughs> but no, it's called Down and Outs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they put out their first album, My Regeneration, in 2010, and then they put out another album where they did just Mott 70s stuff. And then for their third album, which came out in 2019, they decided to do originals. That's kind of the trajectory of this band. They're still together when Joe's not doing Def Leppard or touring mm. with Def Leppard. He puts this thing back together. Whenever they can get a break, they do it. So I'm going to play some down and outs from their first album that came out in 2010. This is a Mata Hoople song called Bye Tonight. Escape. 
Okay, that was weirder, a weirder journey than the previous song because it started off with me thinking, okay, this is High and Dry by Def Leppard because <laughs> of the way the guitar starts and stops. And then it was like, well, this is more occult sounding. And then it, once the vocals came in, it just was a good nostalgic sounding to it. And then at the end... Where do you think all those bands come from? Yeah. And, and, and then very... Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. That, that. What's the connection here? And then the very end with the piano, dun, 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 dun. I was like, well, this is a meatloaf song. <laughs> it was, so it was a weird way to end it. But yeah, all that consistency throughout that. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think Def mm-hmm. Leppard and the Cult, they were raised on Mott the Hoople. They, yeah. Mott the Hoople was much bigger, obviously, in the UK than they ever were here. Which is weird because when we hear Martha Hoople, it we, doesn't think of sound, one song. we think of one song and it yeah. doesn't sound like them because we it's a David Bowie song, right. which is the fact that I thought that was David Bowie for years, years. And finally, I was actually listening to the DJ and they're like, well, that was Martha Hoople. With, I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> That's David Bowie. And I just assumed it was him because it is so much of him in that writing, even though yeah. he's not performing on that song at all exactly. that I know of. I mean, So I was going to mention the power of the eighth note piano yeah. in rock and roll like you don't hear it much anymore it used to be a pretty much a staple mm-hmm. but there's a power to just a an acoustic piano yes driving those eighth notes and when so I mentioned simple. Meatloaf he would write or not he but he and his writers or whoever Jim that, Steinman Jim Steinman yeah, yeah wrote big songs he very rarely wrote very you know minuscule songs they were big they were oh, yeah. you know crescendo epics. they build epics they, they swung for the fence every time and that that piano part, that was a great way to just make a really big ending to that song. I, I don't know. I think it's recorded well. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a it's a true offshoot. It's just a side project, something they do for fun. But mm-hmm. the sonic quality of this album is fantastic. The guitars sound huge, and they're not multi-layered. It's no. just you get that separation again, and it sounds so good to but me. But they did really well recording for a offshoot side project just for yeah. fun gig thing. It sounds great. I agree. All right, so we've done a couple of kind of more classic rock sounding songs, so I, I have to end tonight with some metal. Of course. We need some metal. Super metal. So we've actually played this band before, this super group. We played them on our Degrees of Separation Ripper Owens episode. Mm-hmm. That's 140 if you're checking your if, if fact check. If you're playing along at home. Fact check me. 140. So this is a Obviously, an American heavy metal supergroup formed in Long Island, New York in 2014, and it consists of bass player David Ellefson. Who's your favorite little rascal? Alfalfa? Or is it Spanky? Sinner. Who used to be with Megadeth. Guitarist is Alex Skolnick from Testament. Mm-hmm. An amazing guitarist. And the drummer is some guy named Mike Portnoy who's played with every band that'll have him. But he also used to be with Dream Theater. He gets around. (laughs) So they don't have an official lead singer, which is why we played them on the Ripper episode, Mm -hmm. because we played this epic, long song where Ripper was just one of the singers. They had like 12 singers on that song. The name of the group is Metal Allegiance. So it's basically them. Again, this is a, a bunch of metal guys getting together just to have fun. I'm sure they're just sharing the files and they're not actually in the room ever yeah. together but they're writing these songs and then they like hey let's get Phil and Selmo to sing this one let's mm-hmm. get the guy from Sepultura to sing this one mm-hmm. so that's kind of what they did and they have vocals by those guys and more they've got the singer from Death Angel they have Doug Pennick from King's X Chris Jericho's on one of them 
Ripper, whole bunch of Zetro from Exodus. So a whole bunch of like more current heavy bands as well as a lot of thrash bands from mm-hmm. the 80s kind of participate in this Metal Allegiance. They did an album in 2015 and it actually reached number 143 on Billboard, which is impressive for a supergroup metal album that really didn't get any sort of push. No, because 139 and above is all hip-hop or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. On the rock albums chart that same year, it got to number 27. So I think because it has so many names. famous you get names All on it. those fans of all those bands. Yeah, they all went out and bought it, all, so therefore yeah. you, nobody else is yeah. buying music. It's a great maybe. way to you know get album sales. Yeah, but it's cool. It's, you know, they've put out a couple of albums. Uh, they toured a little bit. They did an EP, but the first album is really the one that I like. And I'm going to play a song that blends two things that I never would have thought to blend. So it has Peanut the- butter and chocolate. Yeah, here we go. This has the guttural screams of Jamie Josta, who is the lead singer of Hatebreed, which is a newer new wave of American heavy metal, like mm. like really aggro stuff. Very cool band. How much aggro can it get? Oh, I mean, we can get what aggro. Is, what go is listen, the most aggro? Their name is Hatebreed. Right. But I'm saying the actual audio quality before, it's just <laughs> white noise. <laughs> That's aggro. It's just... So, so take that, you take these guys who are all playing the instruments from traditional thrash bands mm-hmm. and then add in the soulful singing of one Doug Pennick from King's X and you get this song, Wait Until Tomorrow. I'll wait.
I'm sorry. Limp Bizkit was heavier. <laughs> I didn't say this was the heaviest song. Oh, okay. You, I thought we'd reach peak. Uh, oh, shut well, up. Really? He agrees. All the way. I, don't, look, everybody else is giving me shit tonight, all right? I don't need to hear from you. Hey. In chains. You think you're an idiot, man. You don't know how to pronounce band names. Ronnie James D.O.G. <laughs> We made it all the way to the last song, and now you come in here and start being a jackass. God. Okay, one more. No. No. Yes. One, one more. No. Okay, I, it's time for me to do my... See, I gave him a side eye. He doesn't oh, like it. I gave him a side eye. He's getting randy. Yeah. No, he, he knows he messed up. Anywho, I liked it except for the... The screaming. The screaming. <laughs> you, of course. You know... I saw you, you put you your exactly. hands to your head yeah. when he did that. I was like, oh, not you. It affects everybody. Everybody's going to do the screaming thing. There's that guy. Yeah. You're, you're better than that, man. Come on. <laughs> but when he's saying, it's awesome, of course. He could say, We've discussed you know, him singing the phone book. What the hell did you just say? Well, that wasn't Doug doing the screaming. That was Jamie Josta. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought I that said, was the hate breed. Did, did he practice that? Like, no, he, that was, he's that like, was not the, Doug. Man. All these young guys are doing it. I, I was impressed that he did it, yeah, but he no, didn't. No, he, apparently, no. he that did was, not. That was okay. Jamie. So it was a. Well, that makes more sense now, but yeah. I, I don't. Not that I like this, it anymore. This any was better. a duet. Could you not sense the duet that was going on here? No. Duet. <laughs> Yeah, you know me. I I'm not into that. I love the spoken word bridge, though. I think it's really cool. Yeah, that makes you like, it kind of brings it down. It's, it was both of them there. That yeah. was their real duet. Was when they were just doing the spoken word part. The one spoken word that I know: breathe deep, the gathering gloom. Oh god, here we <laughs> I said go. again. I got to learn some more spoken word. That's yeah, all I, think I know. You have to do it slower. Breathe. Hang on. <clears throat> breathe deep. No, I can't even do that. Mm. I was, I can do, I'll, I'll practice the Vincent Price one before Number of the Beast. That's my goal is to learn that one. What the hell did you just say? That's not him before number. Is that a, that's not Vincent Price. What am I thinking? What am I thinking of? Vincent Price. You're thinking of Thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Thriller. But it sounds like Vincent Price though. <laughs> it's not Vincent Price. Who is it? It was from a an English a sci-fi show. You don't even know. You're making that up now. I'm See, not you're just up. making up stuff. Go look it you, up. You make up, up stuff all the time and you're ruining my credibility by just making up look stuff. Look it up. <laughs> Pulling stuff it out of your ass, not man. Vincent Price. Vince Gill. It is Vince Gill. Yes. That is exactly <laughs> is before who he, he was well-known in the country world. Before he faked being country. Fake, yeah. Oh, man, my accent. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we're just going to end. <laughs> That's enough. I just ruined we're, it. Yeah, That's okay. what I'm good at. And we're just out of Walk here. Walk away. We'll just, we'll come back another time. We'll try this again <laughs> next <laughs> week. No more white cloth. We're going to just write that one off. So until then, <laughs> later. Ya.